0: and understand how truly great and worthy of praise he is, all the ways he shows us to us. So I'm glad you guys are here today. Um, Zoomers, I'm glad you're logging in today this morning uh, to be with us. Uh, How was your week? You guys have an okay week? Isn't it kind of funny? At least in my life, one week kind of looks like the last week, and looks like the week before that, and it can kind of day look like the next day, and it's just kind of we get in our routines, and we're plugging along, and life just is like a train that just keeps going with or without us, and and do you ever, like, stop and wonder, like, okay, is this it? Is this life? Like, is this, is, is, is this what life is? It's just the routine. It's the get up. You do your morning routine. You go about your day. You do what you got to do. You get home. You're just, you get dinner made. And you get whatever you got. All that stuff. And it just kind of feels like one day leads into the next. And it can feel just like, wow, kind of unimpactful, uneventful, kind of ordinary. And sometimes I wonder, is this all this really, is this what, is this, is this it? Is this what it's meant to be? Or is there something more that's supposed to be happening? Like maybe there's something more to life than just our, uh, just our, this, our daily routine of going through the motions and uh, one week looking like the next. Uh, but maybe there's more, maybe there's meant to be more. Uh, all since mankind has ever walked this earth, that's like the greatest question, what's the meaning of life? Like, what's the, what's the secret to joy and fulfillment and purpose? All these things that, that everybody aspires for. How do we gain those things? And you could turn on the TV and all the talk shows are talking about some version of that. You can go spend big money and hear motivational speakers speak on that. Um, you can have movies uh, talk about different uh, themes of that. Uh, there's lots of self-help help books that you can read and all about the same theme of, of finding joy and fulfillment of life. What's the meaning of life? And people look for that in all sorts of, of different things in life. So some people will go about it and think, well, if I can earn enough money, then that'll bring, you know, that's my life is about that. If I can earn enough money, then I'll provide the joy and fulfillment that I want. Or, or if I get to certain relationship, if I only had this relationship I don't have, then in that relationship, I'll find joy and fulfillment and purpose. Or, or if I could just get super healthy and my body is my temple and I'm just going to everything I can. To, if I could just get my body perfect, then I'll, you know, then I'll experience all these things. And we find through history, all that stuff has fallen short, right? People are still asking the same questions. Like if they found the answer, we wouldn't be asking the question anymore. We would all say that's it. But people are still searching. Well, today we're going to see from Jesus' own lips, he's going to reveal to us the secret of life, the secret to the meaning of life, of how to find true joy, fulfillment, how to truly experience life, like what life is really about. And we're going to find this in Luke chapter 9. Uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 22 through 27. It's in your bulletins. And so Zoomers, Luke chapter 9, 22 through 27. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, I'll read it nice and slow. Uh, This is a wonderful secret that that Jesus reveals. It is like uh, amazing, uh, wonderful. It has to be from God because no way humans would come up with this. Like there's no way humans would think this and, and it, so it's got to be from an eternal perspective, not from someone who's just plugging along in the slog of life, but somebody with with perspective that can see it all, uh, timelessness, eternal. To, eternal um, to have that perspective to be able to see this this wonderful truth. Check this out. This is from the words of Jesus um, talking to his disciples, and this is what he says in Luke chapter nine, starting at verse twenty two. And he, Jesus, and he said, "The Son of Man," referring to himself, "The Son of Man must suffer." many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. This is not sounding like good news, Tom. Uh, Verse 23, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain in the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, son of man, will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Let's pray. God, I pray for understanding by your spirit uh, this morning in these words. Help us to see how, what, what you were really talking about, that we could be able to understand them and apply them to our lives. So God, give me the words to say. Give us all ears to listen. And I, God, I pray that you would do a mighty work by your spirit in each one of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so our central truth that we're gonna get from this, this is our main point that we're talking about this morning, is this. It's your first fill in the blank, if you like to do that. I know some of you do and some of you don't. If you like to fill in the blank, this is your first one. Uh, central truth. The fulfilling life we desire is disguised as the costly life of sacrifice. The fulfilling life we desire is disguised as the costly life of sacrifice. So the thing that we want so dearly, the fulfilling life, the experiencing of life, of what it's meant to be, it doesn't look like that. It's in a disguise. The packaging is one of something that we don't want. The packaging for what we truly want is something we don't want, and that is packaged in sacrifice, foregoing, and giving up, giving up what, what we aspire for. What we truly want, life, disguised as what we don't want, death. And so in this, Jesus is making using this, this uh, what's that word, with two meanings, paradox, right, paradoxical statement. Uh, if you want to live, die, and when you die, you'll live. And if you don't want to live that then, or if you and if you hold on to life, then you're going to experience death. And this idea that to truly find life, die to live, finding life by losing it. So what's this really getting at? Let, let's dig a little deeper about what, we, we can see some things from the context of this conversation. that's going to help us understand better these words. When he says in verse 24, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Um, so, in, So right before this, in Mark chapter, nine, Mark chapter eight, uh, the gospel writer Mark um, records the same event, but he includes one extra part of the conversation that's not in here. And I think it adds some, some, some uh, help as we look at what this is really getting at. So, in, in, just like in here in Mark chapter eight, Jesus reveals to his disciples, he's, he's like, Guess what, guys? What's going to happen next? I'm going to get arrested, beaten up, thrown on a cross, and killed, and then I'll rise again. And then, just like it says here, but then Mark, I mean, not Mark, uh, Peter says, No way. No way, Jesus, that cannot happen. We'll not let it happen. No, there's no way that can happen. There's no way you're getting put on a cross. That's terrible. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. And he, said, and he identifies the problem that Peter has. He says, you are thinking of the things of men rather than the things of God. So when Jesus says, I'm gonna be going to the cross, what, what Peter heard This terrible thing will happen to you, and according to the things of men, that terrible thing is terrible, and therefore we can't do it. It's going to hurt your comfort. It's going to hurt the thing. It's going to hurt your life. It's going to hurt your experience here. It's going to hurt that. So we have to not let that happen according to the things of men. And Jesus, knowing the things of God, said, no, 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 don't tempt me. Get behind me, Satan. That's the thing of this world. Instead, he says, you, you have your mind on things of men not the things of God, and so I think it's very telling that when we hear this, that when Jesus says, and then he says this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me, so he's saying, hey, if you, not only bad things will happen to me, if you want to be my follower, bad things are going to happen to you too, but we must willingly walk into those things, like I'm walking, I'm on my way to the cross, I'm not just living a cross death, I'm living a cross life, I'm living this life to end on that cross, and the choices I make will lead me to that cross. And so following me means accepting, choosing a path, allowing it, God to lead me us on a path that's gonna result in some difficulty, some trial, some things we don't want. And as long as we're trying to hold on to the life we think we want, we're gonna miss out on this life that God has for us. So there's kind of these two thoughts. There's this, this competition. There's two competing plans for your life right now. There is your plan, which is the ways of men, And then there's God's plan, which is the way of God. And so what Jesus is getting at, in order to experience true life, that's found in God's wonderful plan rather than your own earthly plan. And in order to experience that true life, it means the willingness to set aside my plan, man's plan for life, the ways of man versus the ways of God. So whoever wants to save their life, trying to live by the world, They're going to miss out on true life. Whoever is willing to forego that, forego the the way of the world and all that, that's how we truly experience life. So when he says whoever wants to save their life, that's trying to live by the world, will lose it. You're going to miss out on true life. Whoever loses their life for me will save it, the experiencing of life. So following Jesus means denying what I want and choosing instead what God wants. And, of course, you're like, oh, I know I'm supposed to do that. But this is, this is deeper than just, like, obedience and disobedience, and I'm, I'm going to stop doing that sin. We're talking life path. We're talking purpose. We're talking what am I on this earth for. And uh, so following Jesus means denying what I want for what God wants. Verse 23, uh, he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, say no to me, take up their cross daily, and follow me. So when Peter says, no way, there's no way you're going to the cross, he's dang, right. right, I'm going to the cross, and if you're my follower, you're going to come too. That's what it looks like to be my follower, to, 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 to allow this path, this, this ultimate act of self-denial, self-sacrifice, n- not what I want, what God wants. Willingly choosing a path that includes, and knowing that on this path, I'm going to find opposition, I'm going to find shame, I'm gonna find suffering. I'm gonna find these things I don't want according to the way of the world. Um, according to my flesh, I do not want these things. But yet, allowing, choosing this path, willfully choosing this path to experience those. And meanwhile, myself is no, I don't want opposition. I want acceptance. I want approval. I don't want shame. I want honor, right? I, I, I don't want suffering. I want comfort. I want safety. I, do, I aspire for all these things. That's what I want in my life. But this way of the cross is. Choosing this path that allows for those things. And I worry that where we get it so wrong is we try to accept Christ's path without forgoing my path. Like, instead of saying, we, we try to just add the ways of Christ to the ways of Tom or the ways of Sylvester or the ways of Caitlin or the ways, you know, we, we're trying to add Jesus' ways to our own ways. But he's saying, no, 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 it means giving up the old way and going a new way. They're going opposite directions. They're not parallel paths. And as long as we're trying to, we're living, I think for a lot of us, we think, okay, uh, this whole Jesus thing is a good thing. Um, so I'm living my life, doing what I want. I'm going to sprinkle on some seasoning salt, i.e. Jesus or faith, and just make think of everything that's just a little bit better. And that's how it kind of gets sold. You know, it, when you die, you get to go to heaven. And in the meantime, things are a little bit better. But it's, that's completely different. That's not what Jesus is saying. He says, if you're going to follow me, it means denying self and complete turning. Like, okay, I was going this way. Denying that. It's not about what I want. And instead, what God wants. Not thinking like the ways of men, but instead thinking about the things of God. And then we complain. Yeah, my life is so ordinary. I thought it was going to be different. I thought I was going to have this daily experience and all that. I thought it was going to be different. But I would ask, are we living different? If we're doing the same thing and just trying to sprinkle faith on it, maybe, that's, maybe there's more to this than that. <clears throat> so when he says, whoever wants to be my disciples, follow, but deny themselves, take up the cross and follow me, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever lose their life for me will save it. I think a lot of us living, trying to save our life, save our our ways, save comfort, save approval, save this, this, the things of men. And the result is we're missing out on true life, experiencing the joy and fulfillment that we are created for, walking hand in hand with our savior according to the things of God. And our unwillingness to release our old life is robbing us of joy and fulfillment. As we try to live, so we're trying to live this this life without the cross, without following, without picking up the cross and following Jesus. And it's not just that. Um, Notice it says there's a key word in there. It's probably my, yeah, I think it's my least favorite word in this one. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross daily and follow me. Isn't that something? So this is not just something that happened at junior high camp around the fire, you know, when you had that moment of faith, or it doesn't happen in the moment of baptism, it doesn't happen in the moment of proclamation of faith. This is something that's a daily choice. So it's not necessarily like, okay, faith or not faith, in or out. This is talking about a daily decision. Who am I following today? The ways of men or the ways of God. And myself is going to want the ways of men, right? Because it feels better, and it's things we've been going after our whole life. But he says, no, no, no. And the ways of men, were are going to say, no, don't, Jesus, don't go to the cross. Tom, don't go to the cross. That's terrible. You won't go down that road. There's opposition there. There's shame there. there there's discomfort there. I don't want to go down there. But the ways of God says follow no matter what. Okay, so... Um, so this is a daily choice then for all of us. This is something we must daily do. We did it yesterday. Awesome. Time to do it again today. To choose. okay, God, not my way, your way. I'm going to set aside what I want. All the comforts I'm, my life is pointing towards. and I want to point my life towards uh, what you're calling me to, even if it's a difficult path. Okay. So right now you're thinking, Tom, you did a bait and switch, and I don't like it. You said this was going to be about, experiencing joy and fulfillment. You let off with life. It should be so much better than it is. And then you said, you know how it gets better is by being terrible, by doing these things I don't want. And, um, and I don't like that. Uh, I thought this was going to be good news, and it's coming across as bad news. It's kind of sounding like, well, being a follower of Jesus means you have to do this terrible thing of say no to self and yes to God. And it's going to stink, but you just got to do it because that's part of the job. But it can't be further from the truth. That's not how Jesus was packaging this. He was packaging this. The key in this is experiencing life. And I would argue that we've suffered as we we have chosen our own path. We've chosen what we think will lead to life has cost us life. And how we truly experience life, the good stuff, joy, fulfillment, purpose, all that in life comes in this path that we would never choose because it's disguised as the path we don't want. And so when Jesus is revealing this, don't lose sight of this. This is the path of joy. This is the path of fulfillment. This is a path of purpose. How could those, how could those apostles be praising Lord when they're in prison? They're just getting beaten. They're chained to the wall. They're in prison, and they're singing praises to God. How can that be? Because they're walking a different path than you and I are. Because we think that's a terrible path. They've lost all their comfort and all, ter- all these things that have happened to them. It's a terrible path. But that's not the path they're on. They're on a different path. And so they can still experience joy and fulfillment despite all this stuff happening to them. This is the best best path. Jesus, according to his eternal perspective, is reaching into creation to reveal a timeless truth that we all get wrong. Our our little temporary creatures built in our temporary world reaching after temporary satisfactions. He says, oh, man, you guys are so much. There's something so much better than this. It, 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 you're losing it here. You're stopping at the fast food restaurant on the way to the steak dinner. Like there's something so much better. And you're settling, you're shooting for this little immediate satisfaction stuff, but it doesn't pay off. There's something so much better. And joy is the key to this. This is the path of joy. Bible tells us when Jesus went to the cross, it says, for the joy set before him, he went, he, Jesus endured the cross. Isn't that a weird parallel? He endured the cross. It was terrible. Why did he do it? For the joy set before him. Bible also tells us the kingdom of God is like a treasure buried in a field. And when the man found that treasure, in great joy, he sold all that he had to then buy that field so he can have that treasure. In joy, he gave up everything to experience it. So the keynote is this is joy. If you're hearing right now, oh, dang it, this stinks, but I got to do it. You're missing it. This is instead, this is the path of joy. This is the secret to the meaning of life. going what I want, choosing not my way, but God's way. And if you don't believe him, if you don't believe it, let me ask you, is God good? Has he shown it? Do you have evidences in your life that God is good? Well, then why would he say this if we didn't? This is, this is the path of joy. Let's trust him. Trust, faith, those words are kind of synonymous. Maybe this is the life of faith. Trusting God even in the face of opposition and saying yes to Him no matter what. <clears throat> okay, so in summary, the worst thing you can do for yourself is live for yourself. Let me say that again the worst thing you can do for yourself is to live for yourself. The best thing you could do for yourself is to live for God. Or how about this way? The most selfish thing you could do is live for God because it's going to turn out best for you. Oh, but you can't. Almost lost our Zoomers. Okay. Was that unplugged that whole time or was that? No, it was good. Okay. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So the the most selfish thing you can do is live for God because that's going to turn out best for yourself. Right? That's, that, that's, that's it's selfish because it's going to be good for us, but honestly, you can't do it selfishly because if you do it selfishly, you're probably doing the other. But anyways, that gets, gets, gets all in circles. But again, the worst thing you do for yourself is to live for yourself. And that's what we're always doing, I think. We're, we're prioritizing ourselves, and it's costing us as we're living according to the ways of men. The best thing we can do is to live for God. And that's how we experience true life. So Jesus says this very controversial, paradoxical statement about Saving whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. <clears throat> and then he has these two kind of statements and these two verses after they feel like kind of disconnected, like, feel like Jesus, what are you, ADD? We jumping around here? Like, what, what's this about? So in verse 25, he says, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Well, I think he's identifying in us what makes this hard for us to say yes to God and no to me and no to this path of the world. And the first thing, there's two obstacles that he addresses here. The first one is this, the pursuit of possessions. The pursuit of possessions. So Jesus says, uh, whoever wants to follow me, deny self, go to the cross. So it's this path of self-denial, experiencing hardships for the sake of God, and in that we will truly find life. But then there's a part of you who says, oh, yeah, but there's all that stuff I want. There's all that stuff I really need, and there's so much, because if I, there's, and the, what's heart, what the heart behind that is, there's so much joy tied to that thing, and if I get that thing, I get that joy, and by not getting that thing, I'm foregoing that joy, and really this is about joy, and that feels like a safer path to joy, pursuit of possessions, trying to gain the whole world, and Jesus what good is it? You get it all. You get everything. You can have it all. What good? But you're missing out on life. The thing that you think is going to bring you life doesn't, and you're going to, what good is it? You get all of it. You miss out on life. How many lives have been wasted on the pursuit, the, the endless pursuit of bigger, better, more, shinier, newer, number 13, the number 14, and the number 15 of each each item, you know, and they keep upgrading and you got to have the new, how many lives have been given to that? And each time you think, oh, this is going to bring so much joy. Oh, there's another one. Put that down. Oh, this can bring so much. Oh, there's another one. And we spend our whole life chasing after these things. Faster, newer, brighter, shinier, all that. I don't think that you're immune to this if you don't have anything. Because you may think, well, Tom, I don't know about this. I don't got any possessions. I got, I got nothing, but you know, I, I, I don't really have much. So this isn't me. Well, we're smart enough to know even if we don't have much, we can still aspire for much and still wish for much and still dream about much and think, man, if I had much, then my my life would be so much better. And the reason I don't like my life right now is because I don't have much. And so even if we don't have it, we could look to it as a solution of things, this pursuit of possession. So if so, when it's time to pick up our cross and follow God, be ready because the pursuit of possessions is going to get in the way of that. Oh, I really want this stuff. And oh, I want this. And in order to have this, this is this path. And second thing, verse 26. And then he says, after the whole thing about what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and lose or forfeit their very self, Uh, verse 26, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the son of man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the father and the holy angels. Being ashamed of what's he talking about here is the second one, the pursuit of praise. It's a pursuit of praise. As as, as we're living for God, saying no to self, no to the things of man and saying yes to God to experience fullness life in, in him, There's going to be a little part of you that says, oh, man, but I want people to like me. Oh, I really want people to honor me. I want the respect that I deserve. I want to be raised up. I want the pedestal. I want people to approve of me. I want people to approve of my life and my choices. I want all that stuff. And worrying about what other people think will drive us back to this path of living for self and missing out on the true experience of life in Christ. And this is tricky because this is an outright denial of God. I don't think this is like, um, you know, if you confess faith, you know, then you'll be killed, and therefore we deny God, or some, some weird things like that, where we're denying faith. I don't think that's what this is. This isn't that. I think that what this is, is when we don't want to talk about God with others. Like, not necessarily denial, but maybe we kind of go out of our way to steer the topic away from things of faith, because like, oh, I just don't want to be associated with that, and, and maybe for there's some reasons I totally get about it's not even about Christ as much as the church and a lot of politics and all that I, so I get that part but I think some of us we're so afraid of being associated with Christ that we 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 want to avoid the topic and the reason we're avoiding the topic is to save our self image about how do I look will I be rejected by people or praised by people and I worry if this faith topic comes up and I speak up in any sort of way if it's going to lead to them rejecting me, I don't want to have any part of that. Therefore, I'm going to shy away from that. And so maybe a good question on this one is, who are you, rep- who are you repping with your life? Who are you representing? Is your life representing Christ or is it representing you and in your interactions with people? What's, what's on the line? You're representing, are you representing Christ or are you representing yourself? And when we're representing ourselves, we run everything through this filter. How am I going to come across in this? But we're representing Christ, but it gives us permission to be bold. Now, also representing Christ means I don't get to punch people with this, and I don't get to be jerk, and I don't get to, you know, tweet, pitchfork tweets, and I don't get, you know, I don't get to uh, do all that stuff because I'm representing Christ. Okay. Let's wrap this up. There is a different way to live out there. But it's so easy to miss because it's not where we think we're going to find it. The path that we want, the path that we're aspiring for, is disguised as the path we don't want. It looks like sacrifice, uh, foregoing, giving up things for God. It it looks like the the difficult road. And yet it's on that road that we experience joy and fulfillment and purpose. We experience true life in Christ. There's things in our life that will get in the way of that. Pursuit of possessions, pursuit of praise. But ultimately, I'm sure we can see it in ourselves, uh, what path we're on. And you could be like, well, Tom, what does this mean? Like, quit my job and become a pastor? No, no, no. I'm saying, what if you just spent each day, got up and say, God, I'm yours today? And really try to live that day for God. Because it's daily, right? And just live that day for God, being an open what he wants to do and not putting up those walls that we put up on God. Say, I'll follow you as long as it doesn't lead down any of these paths. Of all the, the realm of possibilities, this wedge I'm open to because it doesn't involve me experiencing opposition or pain or difficulty or rejection or shame or any of that stuff. What if we said yes no matter what? I could live for God. And I promise you, because you could think, well, Tom, what does this mean like for my life purpose and all that? I'm more of the belief you follow God today. Uh, that's God's purpose for you today. You follow him again tomorrow. That's his purpose for you tomorrow. You keep doing that, you look back and you see, man, God has been accomplishing his purpose in my life. So it's not so, what, God, what do you want me to do for the next five years? I bet if you do for the next five years, you go daily, follow him, and you look back and say, well, look what God did over these last five years. Um, so if you follow him in this, making yourself available to him and saying yes to him, denying self, watch what he'll do in you. So our closing truth is this. The abundant life of joy can be experienced today. The abundant life of joy can be experienced today. If this is something that we're supposed to do daily, well, today's a day, right? Let's start with today. Let's start with today and say, I am picking up my cross today. God, whatever you want me to do today, even if it leads to discomfort for me, I want to say yes to you and no to myself. Uh, this does, you don't need to uh, earn a degree before you experience the fullness of joy in Christ. You don't need to um, work this out over a several-year plan. You could do it today. Uh, no more just trying to add faith sprinkled on as a current, to my current version of life to just, just kind of season it and upgrade it a little bit. Let's trust God fully, following Jesus to the cross, saying no to me, yes to you. And again, let me circle back around. God's proven He's good. We know it. We know He's good. So let's act on that knowledge and trust Him. even though it looks scary, it looks like it's going to lead to things I don't want. That's the true path of joy. So let's walk it together. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. <clears throat> Thank you so much for revelation. Thank you so much for revealing truth to us. God, we acknowledge we need it. We confess we need it. That left our own devices. We just look out for ourselves. So God, I pray that by your spirit, you grant us perspective in our life. Even if we don't necessarily know what this looks like in the moment, that you would lead us by your spirit in this path. Give us the courage and confidence in you to say yes to you, especially when it's hard to accept uh, the difficult things in this world so we can experience the wonderful things of you. Thank you so much for new life in you, uh, and we look forward to heaven uh, when it comes to fruition. In Jesus' name, amen.